You're listening to Industrious Radio, a show designed to help you work hard, live fit, and lead an exceptional life. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Head to Toe Spine and Sport Therapy, a modern manual therapy practice where movement is the best medicine. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Industrious Radio Show, and we have a super special guest in the house, Dr. Andy from Head to Toe Spine and Sport. What's up and welcome? <laughs> you can't even deal with that I intro. I can't even deal with it. You can't even deal <laughs> with that awesome kind of energy. Like, You're like, what do I? Fantastic. Yeah. Three do. episodes deep today. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to catch up. You just jumped to the deep <laughs> end right here. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. The energy pool is deep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, welcome. Welcome, Dr. Andy. We are so pumped to have you here. Uh, obviously, you're in the business of helping people stay fit and healing those injuries and bumps and bruises and all that stuff that comes along the way. And we're in the business of helping people get fit. And yeah. so it's such a great partnership that we have, and we appreciate everything that you do to help keep our community feeling fantastic. Yeah, thank no, you. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, you know, last time we were together, we had a chance to talk about what a like great partnership We've oh, become yeah. between us working all these years together because, like, I feel like we can't. Like, I, I can't. I need you guys because right. I need to take my patients to the next level of, of loading and fitness and strength. Like, I only go so far, and then they need to go to the next place, right? right. And I think our communication and and sort of shared philosophy of of really movement is the best medicine, which yeah. is our topic of today. Today, yeah. movement yeah. is the best medicine. Movement it is truly the best is medicine, and and that marriage between both sort of the, the 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 manual therapy aspect of it that we're doing, and then and then really really loading the body. So important. Yeah, no, no, I, I, it it really is, and you know, people oftentimes they 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 forget the the benefit and the value that that moving your body can have on your overall health and wellness. And you know, uh, so many people in society just they're they're not moving and um, they're not exercising and they're not doing things that are fundamental to their health. And then they're wondering why they have ailments. And you know, I think that. You know, it's going to be really cool with the show to to you know uh, bring this awareness to people. Yeah, you know, we were discussing you know before we started. Um, I just attended a, a seminar with a lot of really brilliant doctors, and um, it, it it was interesting because you're you're kind of going expecting like the latest and greatest rehab exercise or something that's just going to like mind blow people, but instead the message was clear, and it's that. You know, we have to exercise. We have to keep people moving. The best medicine for low back pain, right, is movement, is strength. Wow. So that's that's pretty huge. It's not that I don't play a piece of it, but it is it's an important marriage. So. Yeah. I just I just heard from um, Kelly Starrett, and Kelly Starrett's a big guy in the the cross world. Are yeah. you familiar with him? Yeah, he's totally. like the mobility wide, like the OG stretching lacrosse ball guy. Um, and he was talking about how like the minimum work requirement for life is like ten thousand steps. Wow. Like just you got to get up and you got to move and and that should be like a minimum requirement for people like whether you're an athlete or an athlete's obviously going to be higher but like you know an everyday person like you can't just sit on your couch all day. Yeah. You're going to turn into a skeleton. Right. Well, and you know so much of you know life for a lot of people is you have to sit for a long period of time yeah. or stand in the same place for a long period of time, you know. And I know that you know people are aware that I should sit and stand and you know have a standing desk and stuff like that at work and whatnot. But you know, for a lot of people, 
five days a week, life requires them to sleep for about eight hours a day. And then they get in the shower, they get ready for work, and then they go sit for eight hours and then they come home and then they, they, they sit for three more hours before they go to bed. And, you know, in, in, it's a terrible thing for the body and overall wellness for people. Yeah. You know, I was, um, sharing with you guys that, you know, in, in, in regards to that, it, the, the research has shown that actually one in two Americans actually don't have enough activity at all in their lives. So they're, they're almost completely stagnant. So 50%, five, zero, 50%, 50% of the population, 50% of the population is wow. not moving anywhere near how much they need to. That is, and, and that's the bare minimum, you know, the 10,000 steps, they're nowhere near there. Right. So, yeah. so it's leading, it's leading to a disability crisis in America, meaning a movement disability crisis. Right. So it's estimated that actually 55% of people, um, up to the age of 60 actually have a movement disability, which is a shockingly high number. Wow. Right? Moving is such an easy thing. It's free. <laughs> exactly. It's free and it's fun. Well, yeah. And I think we've talked about this on different shows is to the, even, even the difference between moving, like say going for a walk, which is a great place to start, but that how different that is than say fitness or strength building. And, you know, you talk a lot, uh, Dr. Annie about kind of loading the muscles and preparing the body for load. And, you know, so it's like, it's interesting because you kind of have like, I think the bare minimum movement requirements just that you should be engaging in. But then if you really want health and vitality and longevity and you have like, you know, all the other benefit of exercise, we're talking about movement is the best medicine. If you want all that other good stuff, that's where you really need to get into a fitness oriented program and you need to be doing some kind of strength training and loading of the muscle. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Loading is imperative, especially for women. Right. Well, and you know, so much of society just doesn't have the competence, right? So, you know, in, in, they, they don't know how to move. They don't, they, they haven't been given those skills. And so, you know, what do they do? They go, they buy a gym membership and, you know, start working out themselves and try to self teach themselves. And, you know, to, they, they never really figure it out and they, they never really figure out movements that are both safe and effective for them wherever they are at whenever they're coming into it, right? And so they never gain the competence, which means they're never going to gain autonomy. And the goal, right, is that you would get uh, you would, you would, you, somebody would go from being c- competent to this is just how they live their life every day automatically. And, you know, that's, that's difficult for people to do without some form of guidance and help. Yeah. And I think then the catch twenty two is for those who for those who have who've gotten into fitness and then get injured. So very common is you're going from an untrained, unconditioned state, and then you get into something, and that could be CrossFit, that could be whatever, anything. It could be too much yoga, frankly, and yeah. and you you just go too hard or too much, and the body, especially as we get into our thirties, forties, maybe in our fifties, right, become more susceptible to injury, or maybe we have an injury that's been with us for a long time, and so that now becomes another factor that prevents us or that holds us back, maybe in our own mind or from moving forward and getting our fitness on. Yeah, I just read a uh, a, a journal article, and it was the, the it's a scientific research article or research journal that the Department of Defense funds, and the article was based on you know do extreme conditioning programs, and uh, I think it's referred to as ATAC in the Department of Defense. It's just a a very you know high intensity type think like buds type training, right? So. Um, do these programs lead to more injuries than other programs? And the answer is no. Um, what they found in the study is that, you know, if you go from doing nothing to doing something, the risk of injury goes up. Duh. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that, that, that's what the article proved. But if you go from 
but doing one form of exercise versus another form of exercise when you're coming from a sedentary background, you know, there, there, there's nothing that says that, you know, you're going to want one is worse than they're the other. both. They're, you're, they're both have susceptibility to injury because yeah. you're untrained. Right. You're exactly. Yeah, untrained body. Yep. 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 And so it's an interesting article. I mean, we can tie back. I can, I can send it over and we can link to it, but, um, it, uh, you know, I, I was fascinated by that and, and it was very interesting to me. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think, I think you're absolutely right. People have to get assistance when they're starting out in training, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think in healthcare, we need to do a lot better job as well. Um, across the board, we tend to, um, really caution people when they're injured, you know, um, everything from, from an orthopedist telling you, you shouldn't squat if you have knee pain. And we all know that squatting is essential. It's a functional movement pattern. You can't sit on the pot if you can't squat. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get there. That so, should be a bathroom yeah. sign. Yeah, right? I really think that's an Etsy bathroom that is sign. A, that's yeah. a shirt. That yeah. is. Yeah. There you go. Um, but you know, so, and so we are giving all this caution, all this cautionary here. We're getting people so that they're, they're getting more and more afraid to move. So they're, they're already fragile they're deconditioned they may not know what to do in the gym or they may be doing something on their own um and then we have we have well-meaning healthcare providers really saying hey listen you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do this and and what's happening is that we're promoting a like a fragile mindset for people so they're they don't understand good pain versus bad pain right totally which i think is a really important thing i know that you guys work with a lot and i work with a lot is kind of explaining what those differences are Absolutely. Well, and I think that it, you know, when if if I'm told by a doctor you can't do this, you know, then it's for me it's going to be like it's going to fix my mindset in the sense that I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to do that, and I'm right. not going to be open to doing it down down road or down the road. You know, I think that would be nice if the doctor would say to us, "You can't do this yet." You yeah. know, but yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, it, it, maybe it's just a, 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 a simple thing that is you know you know shifting uh, the mindset of people when they come out of, you know, doctor's offices that is, you know, not, you're, you're not, this does, is not a condemnation to your couch for the rest of your life. This is simply, right. you know, well, you know, and it's, it's the thing is that we, we have to, we have to help bridge the gap between, mm-hmm. because the patient who is injured or a client who's injured, you can't just tell them to go work out anyway. Right. Even though maybe the workout's not harmful for them, but in their mind it is, right? So you have to bridge that gap between mm-hmm. those two pieces. And that is human communication without using big words. Like for doctors talking to a client, we need to make sure they're understanding what we're saying. We say, do you understand me? Speak it back to me. We can't use throw up big words and give them some mishmash diagnosis. That may be the correct diagnosis. That's not what they want. You see it all the time, right? People walking around with a diagnosis. They have this, they have an annular bulge, they have a AC joint sprain, they have a whatever it is, right? And they can't move past it. So for, for us healthcare providers, we need to educate, have them understand, and then we need to help sort of move them in a way that they can get over that neurological piece. Right? Sure. Yeah. There's a certain amount of fear too. I think that comes it, when you're injured. Just yes. as a person, you know. I mean, and as a guy, I've, I've had you know a couple reconstructions on my knee, uh, on my on my uh, right side, and and I'm always worried about that knee. You know, like yeah. always. It's like always. Like I'm always like, oh man, I'm gonna. I don't want to re-injure my knee. Um, even though you know, even though it's been years and years and years, it's not even active injury. So those for people who have like active injuries or they have an active sore an area, maybe somebody who's had a lot of low back issues or whatever, and they're worried when they go 
uh, onto that barbell, like say if they're at the gym, they're in the back of their mind, they're just scared. Yeah. Like, it, is today going to be the day? Am I going to hurt myself again? Right. Or if I have a shoulder part, part shoulder injury or shoulder issue, you know, am I going to make it worse or whatever? And so I do think there's this fear that we have when we are injured uh, as an athlete or as a, as a fitness person who wants to be fit or wants to be moving that can, it's always, it's hard to know what to do with that. You yeah. know, like, is this a legitimate fear or is this not totally. like, is this, yeah, did that twinge I just feel? Oh my God, is that a little micro tear that just happened? Or right, well, the whole world—you've <laughs> opened up the whole world of pain science, right? Which is just a fascinating topic and a whole another series of podcasts, right? But it is—it is really interesting stuff. Pain science is fascinating, and so we're taught things like, say, for example, someone's scared to bend over because they've had a disc bulge, and that's how they hurt their back, and they deadlifted in a blue or whatever, whatever, whatever right. happened. Um, and so it's about—it's um, about tricking it, so putting them in a different pattern. For example, say they're in a quadruped on all fours and they're getting that lumbar flexion in that pattern rather than the standing pattern. And then you, they see themselves doing that and it recircuits things. That's just, I'm only glossing on the surface because it's an immense topic, but it's really, really interesting. But what we have to know is we can't just tell people to go do it. Sure. That does not work. We have, they have to feel it, they have to see it, and they have to have support around it. So we're leaving, generally people are, are, are really underprotected and overprepared. Right. So we're creating this, this mindset of, of fear around an injury. And that's on us, healthcare providers. Sure. Then they go to you guys. And that's where the, the conversation is so great between industrious and head to toe because we're able to have that communication. If I send an email over to your team, everybody knows it. It's right. a beautiful thing. So when a patient goes in and they're like, oh, Dr. Annie said I can't do this. And they're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're still moving. We're still working out. We're getting healthy. But they're, they're gaining confidence. And they never go down that rut of I'm hurt. Yeah. I've got a rest. I can't do this. I'm injured. You know, because, because it, just, it just blows up. Right. Well, and one of, the, one of the most common questions that we get when people are interested in, in, in getting started again is, hey, I, I had this injury from six or seven years ago and, you know, and it still kind of flares up on me from time to time and it bugs me and I'm not sure that I'll be able to do these movements. And getting people to understand we don't have to do a movement that is going to produce a bad pain for you or a pain that's going to lead to more injury. There's millions of other movements that we can do that'll give you the like stimulus, but also prevent you from getting injured. And, you know, I think that you know, people, they just need to get those wins. You know, a lot of times people just need to get that confidence of, oh, I can squat and it's not going to injure my knee again. Um, and you start gaining that momentum and you start, you know, just gaining the confidence and then you can start peppering it on. But for a lot of people, uh, you know, they're, they're just from like we were doing a meet and greet yesterday. And, uh, in, this is a perfect example that ties back to it, came up and said, I don't think I can do it because I have this knee issue and, and, you know, it's, you can do it. You can exercise. It's, you know, you, you, right now you've got it framed in your mind that you cannot exercise because you have a knee issue and we need to shift that mindset and that you can exercise with a knee issue. Exactly. And most people don't realize that. Yeah, exactly. I also think, I mean... I'm, you know, everyone knows I'm, I'm a bastion of self-care and, 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 and body work, but I really do think if people actually are always sort of surprised when their body starts kind of fa failing on them a little bit, they think of it as a failure, but really it just needs some, needs some support, mm -hmm. right? We talked last show about, um, you know, soft tissue reset, right? Whether it's a foam roller or getting, getting manual therapy or, you know, chiropractor, whatever it may be that you're going to do, but how important that is just to reset that 
that base level to prevent injury, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you, if you ignore your, your muscles, um, you eventually you are going to get injured, right? There's just, there's no way around it. You got to care for yourself. So I think it's like when that twinge starts coming or that tweak or that, that irritation, that's the, the point, right? Where your body's sending you a message like, Hey, you have something going on here. Like maybe there's some tissue that needs to be reset, like worked on because it's pulling things out of alignment. Um, or maybe there's been too much repetition, you know, too many movements of this very specific pattern that you're really not quite doing properly. So you have like a bad patterning, bad movement pattern. And that over time is adding up, adding up, adding up. And then your body starts sending you these little signals like tweak, 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 mm-hmm. um, or, or ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. And that's the point oftentimes where if we're not paying attention, we miss the opportunity to get in and get some prehab or what, you know, yeah, prehabilitation you know, or just, reset. Yeah, look after yourself a little yeah. bit. I think it's just, it's so important. It doesn't mean, it's not a bad thing. People are like, oh, I'm hurt, you know? And and of course that's, you know, no one wants to be hurt, but, but people are, I don't know, they're upset they have to come and get therapy often because mm-hmm. they think it's a failure. But yeah. really it's just part of like, hey, you're over 40 and guess what? You know, it's maintenance, maintenance, right? Yeah. yeah. If you want to you go for the long haul, you got to take care of the maintenance. It's better yeah. to hop on it earlier than later too. You know, hop on don't earlier wait for that later. twinge to turn into a full blown knee injury. You know, yeah. as, soon, as soon as you feel it, do a little research, foam roll it out a little bit or go get it taken care of professionally. Right. Yeah. Just pay attention to it. I think the other thing um, we talked about earlier that I think is really important to bring up because it's easy stuff for people to do on their own is just that the concept of rest, mm-hmm. right? We talked about, because I really see both sides of it and oh, I know yeah. that you do as well. But when you have, quite often when I have an athlete working through an injury um, and I have, we're modifying them at the gym and, right. you know, they've gotten certain things they're avoiding is that they get almost too aware Right. Like you talked about your knee, right? That sort of hyper awareness, like, oh, okay, no, I better not do that. Better not do that. So there's the too much rest where you need to push through a little bit. Um, And then there's also the people who don't rest at all. Which yeah. is probably what I see the most of, oh, but yeah, you know, totally. people who are just like, and they're 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 sore all the time, their joints hurt all the time, they're fatigued, they're they're just they're really flatlining, right? So, yeah. you know, as you guys know, I mean, lots of exercise, you're going to have pretty elevated cortisol, and cortisol is catabolic, so it's going to chew away at your soft tissues. So that that importance of rest as a reset is, I think, can't be overstressed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's I I will say personally that since I started resting, you know, I used to work out seven days a week, something, and if and, and never really take that rest day because I was a competitive athlete and I was, you know, trying to be at the top of my game all the time. And that's, you just feel this obligation when you're in that state to work out all of the time. And then eventually, you know, you reach a point where, you know, you start to get soft tissue overloading going on and things start to hurt. And then your intensity starts to go around because your shoulder hurts and your, your hip hurts and blah, 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 blah. But my body feels amazing since I started incorporating rest days and my body composition hasn't gone bad. I've lost some muscle mass, but that's not because I'm not, um, you know, that's not, that's just because I'm brought down my training volume. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I feel better. And I still look good, you know, I, and when you're 38, I don't want to be a CrossFit Games athlete, but I do want to look like them, you know. Yeah, I think it's yeah. really important. Yeah. It's really, it's just a really, and it's so hard to tell people to rest. I think people often so much exercise is a stress management tool, right? Yeah. You know, we're so crazy overstressed these days. So it's a stress management tool. And then people think they're going to just lose everything, you know, if they take a day, a week. Yeah. 
that it's all going to disappear. You know, people are fighting for, for, you know, for weight loss and all these things. So, yeah. you know, it's okay. I think it's, it's really okay to take a rest day. I think people feel like, you know, they go on a vacation and then they come back and they feel this first like three days and how hard the workout is again. And they think that that means that they did lose all of this fitness. It's, it's like, no, you know, you just haven't done it in a couple of days, but it's going to bounce right back. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to come back. It's not going anywhere. It took you five years of working out five to seven days uh, a week. It's not going to be gone in 72 hours. You'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and back to, to tie back to another journal, journal article that I was reading, I think this was the journal of psychology or something like that. They did a study on psychological impacts and uh, of CrossFit. And, you know, one of the things that they found in that article was that when people overtrain or feel this sense of obligation to train, actually their happiness is negatively impacted by that Wow. where, and so it almost feels like an exercise addiction. Mm -hmm. And so there, there is a balance there. There's a balance physically and there's also a balance mentally, um, where, you know, you, you know, uh, for a lot of us, I love that feeling of laying on the floor exhausted. I'm addicted to that. I I truly do. I mean, it's, it, it is, um, I'm addicted to two things. I'm addicted to caffeine and I'm addicted to the feeling of <laughs> that, that feeling of, I just whooped ass in a workout or I just got my ass whooped in a workout. You know, either way, either one is fine with me, but you know, I think that a lot of people are that way, but there is that balance, you know, from, you know, from a physical standpoint, but also a mental standpoint and, and understand that, you know, you're with, with sustainable lifestyle habits, you're, you're on a, you're on a very long, you're on the forest gump run. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, in order to make things sustainable, you need to, to slow down sometimes, um, so that that way you can keep playing for the long haul. And like, what's your, what's your goal too? Right. Exactly. Goes Longevity back to your goal. Yeah. or are you trying to compete in like a year? Right. You know? But make them realistic. Like if you're trying to compete, these people that have been doing it, have been doing it for years. Andre has been doing this for how many years? Five, four, yeah, or five four or five years, years. Yeah, and like he's a genetic specimen. Yeah, he's the LeBron James he's of the, the industrious community. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like, what are you, what are you really going for? Do you want to just be happy and be able to play with your kids until you're seventy years old? Your training is going to look a little bit different. It might not be maxing out every other week, like, and, and that's fine. You don't need to. Maybe yeah. almost it's like redefining what training is and how you right. think about training, where it's both what you do and what you don't do. It's like what's the difference between music and noise, right? Music has very specific space in between the sounds in a rhythm that produces a, a melody that's amazing, where noise is just all crazy, right? So it's like you have to have space in your workout, right? You have to build in maintenance. You have to build in downtime. You have to build in soft tissue. That is your training package. Yeah. That's not something different than your training. That's part of your training. That's part, just like when, you know, we had Dre on the show, we were talking about nutrition and nutrition needs to be part of your training. They're not a bunch of separate things. It's like all that one thing. Yeah. What you do, how you move, but then how you rest, how you deal with injuries, setbacks, those things are going to happen. The body's going to have wear and tear. How you deal with that is part of your training program and it needs to be factored in. Yeah, maybe maybe playing with your kids at the park is your workout for the day. You know, exactly. you don't have to go play with your kids at the park and then still come to the gym. Like you've probably got a plenty of work running around with your five and seven year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So when we think about, so if we kind of go back and we kind of summarize, movement is the best medicine, right? So it starts off that if you're not moving, you want to get moving. Number one. Yeah. But if the thing that's preventing you from movement is some kind of a pain, 
Get it fixed. Get it get fixed. It fixed. <laughs> yes. Get the pain well, fixed. This is the thing that drives me, uh, you know, just nuts a, a lot of times. And I'm I'm victim of this myself. Is you you, you it, it it's not it's an ailment. It bugs you. It it's uncomfortable. But you whatever. I'll just deal with it anyway. And then you never go get it looked at. And if you just did go get it looked at, if you just went in and got. A Dr. Annie or somebody else over at Head to Toe to look at you, um, you know, oftentimes there's a quick, a much quicker fix than you think that there is. Um, like, I've had this fasciitis thing going on in my right foot. I got to come see you about yeah, it. Yeah, thank uh, you. <laughs> um, it is like, it is, and, I, and I'm just, it's the, I, I'm a victim of it too. You know, you get busy and you don't, you, so you live with these things for a long period of time, or you get into the point where you're like, ah, I can't do anything because, uh, you know, my foot hurts. And, um, it, whereas if you just go in and see them and get it addressed and get it fixed, it, you know, you'll be on your way. Dude, I've told the story I, many times about <laughs> by like dealing with like having this low grade, low back pain for like ever, like five years, like yeah. waking up every morning, you know, and being like legitimately afraid of like heavy, heavy squats would trigger it. And also when I start going beast mode on the deads and other things, and I, so I was modifying all this stuff is all nonsense. And like Dr. Bruce banged that thing out for me in like three like three visits. Gone. It hasn't been back. Like and so I think it's almost like if we made everybody like like you know, share your body pain right now. Like I know you have one. And like like you said, it's like, yeah. oh I have this fat okay. You know, you mean I have this fasciitis thing going on. I've had it forever and it's bothered me, but I haven't done anything about it. Like all of us have that. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the thing that always like blew me away when I had that experience was like, Oh man, this is like I thought this was gonna be some real big harsh long hard thing and it was like banged out quick right oh totally i was totally. just amazed well dr bruce is amazing he i mean dr bruce him. is yeah. an exceptional yeah. physician and he, he but he's like he's you know i bet you he didn't touch your low back either he did not touch my no. low back he yeah. did the, all this other like yeah. stuff he's with a myofascial him. genius that man so <laughs> he's good you for know, crossfitters though too because fantastic. they can handle dr have you seen dr bruce before his fascial work yeah you, have you, you gone into dr bruce you, you got oh, you've seen him yeah i've seen him you got it because you got to kind of go into that with like a good mindset it's not going to be comfortable no but he'll get it done when yeah. you're done, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. He does re- really good work. Yeah, really pound work. for pound, strongest physical therapist there is. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Bruce those gets hands, in there. man. <laughs> <laughs> gets in there. Does, it feels really good that when it's done. Awesome. <laughs> when it's it is. done, yeah. Yeah, when it's done. <laughs> that, when it's done. Yeah, yeah. that right. sounds awesome. So I think that's the thing. It's like move. We we want you to move. If you're if you're not moving, got to get moving. If you have an injury, get it fixed. Yeah. Right, and then along the way, if you get bumps and bruises, know the difference between good pain and bad pain, and make sure you get rest. Yeah, right? we should talk about good pain, bad pain, just yeah. real quick. Real quick, yeah. Go. So what, yeah. what's the one kind of our takeaway? How do we know good pain from bad pain? Yeah, so I mean, usually when I'm talking to a patient, and you'll have your own input on it for sure, but yeah. when I'm talking to a patient, I just talk about like that feeling the muscle has when you've exercised, and yeah. that and that's good pain. But I also tell them, listen, if, you're, if we're starting that, you know, to bridge that gap and they're working out again, and they have some discomfort, that's fine. But if it lasts through the next three, like, three or four days, then it's probably not fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there's also nerve pain. Yeah. Right. So I'm really looking for, for pain patterns and I'm looking for the, the type of pain, like if it's a dull ache versus a, like, like a sharp, really pointed pain or a burning pain or something that's really searing. Like that's a different type of pain. Right. Got it. So kind of it, but it's purely subjective, right? Everyone's got a different uh, description of how their pain is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So got it. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so, so the pain of, um, of a muscle that's under fatigue and may, or maybe a deep stretch, that's a good type pain. Um, but anything that's like, like pounding on you, um, sharp, you're, or, or, pain and, or nervy and, after. or, and, or something that really travels. Okay. Um, yeah. those are things always to kind of worry about a little bit and any feeling of weakness, Okay. you know, if you're, if you're getting grip strength, oh my grip strength's not right. Or, you know, when you go overhead, you feel like a little bit weak or sometimes maybe your yeah. leg gives away a little bit or your knee gives, you know, these are things to be aware of because your body will just simply just shut stuff down. Sure. Like, oh, I don't want you to load your meniscus. I'm just going to take that away from you. Oh, okay. Right. And so that when someone says, oh, I had to give away, you know, my knee just gave away on me. I'm like, oh, uh-oh, you know, let's have Got a look it. here. So, you know, there's some different things I look for when I talk about it. But sure. the biggest thing I think is that pain that lasts long after a workout is the one that I get a little concerned about, that there's okay. something deeper going on. Like, I guess if you felt like the need to be taking anti-inflammatories, like pounding a leave or ibuprofen or aspirin for many, many days, that's probably a sign that something else is going on. <laughs> Definitely a sign. Right? Yeah. Because we were yeah. not designed to just be pounding the ibuprofen and aspirin and a leave every day. No. No. <laughs> bad. Real bad. I think the other little thing I want people to remember is that you are not your MRI. So, you know, MRIs are, it's the U.S. We like to do diagnostic imaging and we do a lot of it, even when there's not maybe a real reason for it. Um, and quite often people, there's always a lot of asymptomatic findings on MRI. So if we did an MRI of, of my shoulder, for example, you, I'm sure you'd see some things that, um, some tears, yeah. right? But it doesn't mean my shoulder is not functional. So... Uh, when people get an MRI and then we treat them like they are their MRI is rather than their clinical presentation, oh. um, that becomes an, a, a mindset problem for people. So yeah. So just know if you get an MRI done and there's something in there, but it wasn't really hurting your back, wasn't really hurting you, but now you've got a disc bulge there. So, well, that's, you know, maybe you know, that's just something to keep, keep in mind. I think a for great people. point. So I, I had, I, I completely ruptured my ACL on my right knee and I've never had surgery and yeah. because I did the, the doctors thought he's, if he's, if he's feeling okay, then let him go. And, Cause I was still growing. You know, it happened when I was 14 Wow. and you know, it has not gotten in my way one, you know, at all. Now I don't know what it's going to be like in 30 or 40 years or whatever, but, um, I've been crossfitting for eight years and I, my, my right knee has never experienced any sort of stability or instability. But, you know, if you look at it, if it's in a state of full flexion, you know, it's clear to see that there's something weird there, but you know, I agree with that. John Elway won when he won his Super Bowl. He did it with with uh, he didn't have two ACLs. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you know there is something to that. You, that you there you know if you give a picture of something and it says that there's a terror or something along those lines. But to your point, if they're asymptomatic, you know, do they really need a surgery? And you know, is a surgery really the best course of action? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but you know, it's yeah. just a question. Um, yeah, and, if it's not bothering you, yeah. why would you? Right. Right. I mean, right. remember the lowest back is like one of the strongest structures in the in the body. Right. right. And that's where, again, most of our disability is coming from low back pain. So, yeah. Yeah. This is fantastic. I mean, I think all of us, when we're pursuing our fitness goals and we're after going after it hard, having this kind of insight and idea and mindset that we go, that we won, that you know we're going to get banged and bumped along the way, but that two, that if we're having these long term issues, to go get them fixed, right? But at the same time, not to think of ourselves as this fragile thing, right? We are right. strong, we are resilient. We are and part resilient. of what we are doing here at, as we as we work hard is we're building that deep resilience, and we're just loving the fact that you're bringing this expertise and insight for us to keep doing that. 
Ah, I love being here. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is awesome, guys. Listen, phenomenal show. Dr. Annie, thank you. Uh, I know I need to get in there. When you were talking about that, like a little tremoring weakness thing, my right knee's been doing that. So I need to come in. I know I'm going to come in for that. You got to go get that. <laughs> I got to get my fasciitis face. Yeah. Get but your but we got to, uh, there's some cool outside industrious stuff that I don't want to miss out on. So. <laughs> See this? Yeah, it's like I better not go in because I'm going to get it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Really no, no, I'm going to go. Do you got, what do you got to get fixed? Oh, I know what he has to get fixed. I'm broken, man. <laughs> These knees, man. Six foot four and knees don't go together. <laughs> Long levers. You you to listen to Dre's episode skinny, on ectomorphs and healing and like muscles. yeah, totally. Dre, what are you going to get worked on? Dre's in the studio with us too. I feel good. Dre feels good. I do waltzes. Dre- he says he Dre does, does his pre-hab, unlike everybody He does his pre-hab, else. yeah. He's yeah. a beast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a beast, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going All right. in. All right, me too. I'll see you in there. Yeah. All right, guys, this is great. Dr. Annie, thank you for being here. Thanks. All right, everybody, work hard, live fit, and move well. We will see you on the next show. Thanks, guys.